Hey, this is Brent Jensen, and you're listening to No Sleep Till Sudbury, the show where we talk about the music that makes your skin vibrate. And this afternoon, rock writer, author, musician, and friend of the show, this man needs no introduction. This is his fourth time on the show. It is the Pink Chief, Christopher Long, on the line from sunny Florida this afternoon. Chief, how you doing, man? He loves me. He loves me not. He loves me. He loves me not. He loves me. Brent Jensen loves me. I do love you, indeed. Look at that. I, I, I pulled all the petals off the flower, and apparently you love me. It's good to hear from you today. Well, I do love you. This is your fourth time on the show. You're always fun. I'm a fan. I'm, a, I'm, not, I'm not only a, a fan of yours, but uh, just a, a, a fan of the show and your guests and the, uh, the, the, the conversations that you present weekly. I mean, it's just quality content in a world that's filled, that's just dripping, oozing with crappy content. <laughs> uh, you, you create consistent quality content. Brent Thank Johnson. you. Thank you very much. Yeah. Can I, can I yeah. put you on the spot and ask you who your favorite guest has been? Uh, you probably don't... Jamie still. Jamie Blaine, I. Eh? Yeah. He's a good man. You know, he was one of your one of your early guests, and yeah. you know he's just there's just a real no nonsense, down home likability yeah. about him. You know, uh, I've never met the man, um, and I've been sober for 14 years. But if I was for some reason to go have a beer with somebody somewhere. I'd probably look up Jamie and say, yo, let's go shoot some pool and, you know, hang out. He would be happy to hear that. I know that for yeah. a fact. Now, it, more, a, a little more recently, you know, as you've been getting all these super huge A-list, big star <laughs> rock and roll names on your show. Yeah. Um, the kid from Def Leppard, Phil Collin. Mr. Phil Collin, yeah. Yeah. Great yeah. guy. That, that was... That was a snappy episode. I, I would not have expected somebody who may or may not be associated so closely with the, the hairband genre mm -hmm. uh, to be so uh, organic and transparent and, and speak so knowledgeably of uh, American country music. Yeah, yeah, that was that, a surprise. That's what I, I found most uh, most intriguing about that that conversation with with Mr. Collin was that uh, just his uh, knowledge and seemingly honest honest passion for uh, uh, American country music. Mm -hmm. uh, I, I've been following Phil Collin since he was in Girl. You know, I yeah. bought the first Girl album back in 1980, but uh, I just had a whole renewed uh, uh, level of uh, uh, respect for him based on uh, that interview. That was good stuff. Yeah, he uh, he is a fantastic guy. He knows a lot about music. You know, blues, obviously, um, funk, R and B, country, and uh, he's got his head on straight. He's just a he's a really terrific guy. That was a great episode. Yeah, that was good good stuff. So uh, keep up the good work. As a matter of fact, I'm working on a brand new nonfiction book, mm -hmm. and it's going to be called enthralled okay. a comprehensive overview of the works and teachings of brent jensen <laughs> i had no idea yeah yeah and it's it's basically you know chapter by chapter uh, overview of uh, your genius and uh, a dissection of uh, each of your books and um uh, and an overview of every uh, drunken conversation I've ever had with you at four in the morning. 
Perfect. I love it. I look. Love that. I, I look forward to. It. Do I have to buy that, or, or or will I be getting a copy? I can give you a discount. I'll give you an Amazon <laughs> Prime discount. Perfect. Excellent. I, re- I, I I thoroughly appreciate that. Coming coming to a Barnes and Noble near you. That's. I'll keep an eye out for it. That's great. <laughs> All right. Listen. So uh, today, as I understand, we are um, going to be talking about old school Kiss. And we're going to look at the uh, Kiss solo records, as a matter of fact. Holy cow, is there anything else you would rather be talking about today no. than the infamous four Kiss solo records? No, I cannot think of a more compelling discussion piece. Yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> it, it, it was a long time ago. You know, I've been thinking about this recently because 2018 marks the unbelievably 40th anniversary Mm-hmm. of this uh, legendary slash infamous four-record set. And uh, your show is based on discussion regarding the songs that make our skin vibrate. Mm-hmm. And this actually represents a four-record set where each album as a, a full body of work uh, makes my skin vibrate. Mm-hmm. Uh, Probably more than than anything in the Kiss catalog, you you spoke uh, very eloquently in your first book about certain bands having that white hot moment mm-hmm. where they their their creative apex, you know, and a lot of times then that white flame goes out and then not so much after that, mm-hmm. and and I think that's really the case uh, for uh, for Kiss. You know, those first six studio records and the two uh, live albums, um, the band was just white hot. Mm-hmm. And as a, a, an exclamation point, uh, just a powerful uh, punctuation at the end of that statement was these four solo records. And after that, you know, they became what they became and that's a whole nother debate for you know uh, another place or another time but all four records speak to me uh as powerfully now as when i was a 15 year old kid working in the local record store the the day the records were released back in uh, september 78 Mm -hmm. you know the, the solo records basically were i think the result of two of the band members wanting to put solo records out you know, on their own. And I think that it was either Simmons or Stanley, probably Simmons, who said, listen, let's do it under the Kiss banner. We will unite them, you know, with the same kind of album covers. It'll be our four faces, same graphics, everything. Um, you can have your, you know, it's the best of both worlds in essence. But I, Yeah, I, that's, that's I th- the legend. You know, that's the version that they, they like to go with, mm-hmm. you know. And, and speaking to that, what an amazing visual uh, the artwork, the, the the paintings of those four faces, they were just so cool. Oh yeah, and so yeah. realistic. The the lighting, the the silhouette lighting, the different color over each one. Uh, it was just so vivid and so vibrant, so cool looking. Especially when you're 15, you know. And yeah. I'm at the age now where I think I'm about a week away from getting the uh, uh, the uh, discount, the seniors discount at McDonald's. <laughs> But even now, you know, I still look at these covers and just the covers make my skin vibrate. 
just uh, fantastic stuff. But at the same time, you know, the 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 the, the cheesy generic dedications yeah. on the back, yeah. you know, yeah. which at the time I thought was, wow, that's so cool. They're not a band that's imploding. They're really friends. They're brothers. They love each other, you know, and now I look at it and go, what a joke. I know. I did the same thing. So when I was a kid, I was probably eight years old when that happened, nine years old. And, and I read that and thought, oh, that's actually really nice that they did that. But it yeah. was a bunch of bullshit. Heartfelt. <laughs> <laughs> But even that, Brent Jensen, was not as uh, cheesy slash almost unforgivable as the uh, the posters. I was just going to mention that. So oh, my gosh. I still even, have the Ace Frehley poster. Even as a 15-year-old kid just guzzling the Kiss Kool-Aid. The, the posters were so silly and childish, it almost tainted overall experience in my world the covers didn't look the covers looked amazing now if the poster inside were poster versions of the covers Mm -hmm. but it's the music it's all about the music brent jensen that's right so let's get to the music here so let's get to it i've got your uh six songs now this is a culmination of songs from the four solo records that make your skin vibrate we have got two from paul stanley two from ace frelly one from gene simmons and one from peter chris that would be correct sir before we get into the songs your favorite one was paul stanley is that right absolutely well it has to be because i mean any logical thinking person will recognize that there is no rock and roll there is barely life on planet earth without Paul Stanley. <laughs> you know, he's he's the king of the nighttime world, man. He's Paul Stanley, for crying out loud. Sure. Sure he is. Uh, especially Paul Stanley circa 78. Yeah. Now, you, you have spoken to me at great lengths over the years, the value of mystique. Yes, I have. And you, of course, possessing an abundance of mystique and myself possessing less than zero mystique, which you were very kind enough to point out. I think one night when we were in Chattanooga, Tennessee, Yes, but that, that was, I think part of the appeal was at that time, the mystique and what kiss has become, you know, in the last 20 years or whatever is, void of any mystique i mean there there was a few gasps of glory Mm -hmm. along the way but for all intents and purposes kiss the real true pure kiss died with the release of the solo records yeah no i agree i think they lost their way after that so before we get into your first song here um a comment on mystique I think Ace Frehley was probably the only guy in Kiss who had Mystique. I, I think that Paul Stanley and Gene Simmons uh, forewent Mystique to kind of you know push each other out of the way and get their faces out there first. The beauty about being a Kiss fan is that everybody sees things differently. Um, the not so beautiful thing about being a Kiss fan is that people get you know super fanatical and 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 really kind of weird with their factoids and stuff like that. Yeah. <laughs> well, hate- it's it's all context, really, Brent. In in terms of um, looking back, mm-hmm. you're absolutely right. The one guy with mystique, the cool guy, mm-hmm. was Ace Fraley. I thought so. You know, 
but overall compared to what they are now they all had a certain measure of mystique at that time as a member of kiss yes as a member of kiss in 1978 i mean they were the hottest band in the land we didn't know what they looked like without makeup they hadn't made any monumental missteps up till that point mm-hmm. you know what we had to base them on who kiss was was an individual personal experience absolutely and and having said that in going through this exercise i think that our pre-established biases, the ones that we've developed relative to each band member as a fan of KISS uh, and how we perceive them personally as serious fans, very significantly informs your impressions of these records. You can't possibly listen to these objectively. As, a, as an Ace fan, I will always hear Ace-isms and I will elevate that record over you know, Paul Stanley's or Gene Simmons, whatever it is, regardless sure. of, of, of artistic integrity. And that's where the fun in the dialogue comes from. Yeah. You know, those those personal uh, perceptions. Yeah. Okay. So uh, first tune. So here I am. You know, I'm 15 years old. I'm working in the record store, September 1978. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm in the 10th grade and come walking into the store. This was the day I had been waiting for all year. This was the ultimate rock and roll experience of my life these four kiss records that had been in the press for for months that this was coming and i walked in and my boss at the record store we had already gotten the shipment in and they were all displayed on the waterfall you know display rack and so on mm-hmm. and it was as if all i could do was just stand there trembling just looking at you know it's 12 inch vinyl with the shiny you know uh shrink wrap and so on and it's like i couldn't even touch them i could just stand there and just tremble in <laughs> awe of the the the, the greatness right. uh now also it's 1978 i'm 15 which means i got no money you know yeah and uh, you know even even with my employee discount uh, it's 5 6 bucks a piece or whatever so i probably had enough disposable income to buy two of the records the day they came out the other two would have to wait 3 days until payday mm-hmm. so there i am faced with this choice of which two to get first oh interesting the first choice was clear. Yeah, there was it was going to be Paul Stanley's record. You know, right. in, in in my world, Paul Stanley was the, the the face of Kiss, the voice of Kiss. And so, I the only real decision was which of the other three. Mm-hmm. And uh, even that was not a terribly difficult choice. Uh, I went with the Mystique. You know, uh, I had to go with Ace Frehley. Oh boy. Uh, so those are the first two that that I bought because, you know, the, the, the solo albums are great for what they are and they're great for what they are not. Uh, and by that, I mean, some things were not surprises. Paul Stanley, and to me, is Kiss. Mm-hmm. And this record is going to prove it. Uh, and that's what it delivered. It's known widely as the most Kiss-like of the four records mm-hmm. uh and and so there was n- there was not a surprise there 
what was a surprise was Ace Frehley's record. Right. Uh, as, as we've discussed uh, previously on our uh, uh, cross-country travels uh, in, in the past, Brent Jensen, mm-hmm. uh, I, being an, an avid reader of Circus and Cream and Hit Parader and so on back in those days, right. I had read stories uh, indicating that Ace Frehley's record was going to be instrumental. Uh, a f- entirely instrumental record. You know, I dropped the, the 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 needle on the record, and here comes Rip It Out, yep. and here comes Ace Frehley's vocal. Mm-hmm. Like, holy crap, this is not what I expected. You know, a, a, a straight-up, legit solo rock record with all the whistles and bells. Right. So so you bought those two, and then you bought the others. But So let's go through the songs. So yeah. your first one here is Tonight You Belong to Me. Okay. Yeah, it's the opening track on, on Paul Stanley's record. Right. Uh, and in, in the first, uh, gosh, I don't know what it is, 30 or 40 seconds, he projects everything he needed to project uh in all of his cock rock grandeur um it it opens very similar to um one of my favorite songs from the kiss album rock and roll over that mm-hmm. came out in 78 the opening track was i want, I want you. you yeah it starts out uh sort of a, a a ballad sort of acoustic vibe and then it comes crashing into this powerful you know arena rock cock rock sort of anthem right so tonight you belong to me had that same vibe as classic kiss right um and then the rest of the record really uh, continues throughout the rest of the nine tracks to deliver that same kiss-like payoff it's also interesting to me it's interesting to note that uh, his record was the only one of the four solo records had no cover songs basically it's balls to the wall non-stop paul stanley from start to finish right and because he was able to jam that 20 pounds of Kiss crap into one two-pound solo album bag, uh, that's what makes uh, Tonight You Belong to Me uh, such a skin-vibrating track. Okay. <laughs> See, wow. I never know, Brent Jensen, if you're laughing with me or if you're laughing at me. <laughs> You know, I've been doing this show for a little while now, and I've <laughs> I've never heard, you know, so much enthusiasm. Let's just say that. Well, I don't have, I don't possess that much enthusiasm for all of the Kiss catalog. I know. So, but holy crap, those clowns got it right with the solo albums. And they did. So next in. Still sticking with Paul Stanley, the other song, uh, Hold Me, Touch Me. Now, I use the word sometimes, I use the word cheesy in the most, in the kindest, most respectful context. Exemplified the greatest aspect of cheesy AM radio, Casey Kasem top 40 love song. You know what? You just read my mind there because Hold Me, Touch Me from Stanley's record sounds to me like really, really bad 70s AM radio. See, now I agree with you everything except for one word. It mm-hmm. reminds me of everything that's really, really great 70s 
AM radio. That's, that's fair. And, and and it came out in the 70s. It should have sounded like, uh, you know, David Soul, don't give up on us, baby. You know, that's, that's when it came out. And the fact that that track did not hit the top 40 baffles me to this day. It, New York Groove, I understand how that became a top 20 hit single, mm-hmm. but none of the other guys had hit singles from their solo records. Kiss was the biggest thing on the planet. That track was such textbook, top 40, you light up my life, Debbie Boone gloriousness, <laughs> that, that that should have absolutely been a top 10 smash that should have catapulted his solo album to the top 10 album stratosphere as well. I think we'll agree to disagree on that one. <laughs> as a matter of fact, Brent Jensen, yeah. uh, I'm such a hopeless, drooling kiss fanatic that uh, the mother of my child, uh, we got married, we Mm -hmm. met and got married based on our kiss obsession and passion. And we even got married on Ace Frehley's birthday intentionally. Really? And and to reveal a little more uh, embarrassing factoid, uh, I believe Hold Me, Touch Me was our first dance. Wow. Did you wear kiss makeup? Not as far as you know. <laughs> All right, I bet you did. I so, wasn't wearing the makeup, but I was wearing my Gene Simmons dragon slippers. I'm sure you were. And your Peter Chris underoos. Paul Stanley, hold me, touch me, man. It, it holds up as one of the all-time great, should have been, uh, pop ballads of the 70s. Mm. All right. So there we go. That's Paul Stanley right there. Moving on to Ace Frehley's record. What else you got? Let's move on to Ace Frehley. Like I said, it was a complete surprise, for, at least for me anyway. I was expecting, you know, I, I don't know, some sort of a, a Jeff Beck uh, instrumental guitar hero kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And when that needle hit the groove on on Rip It Out, first of all, just the the in, intro on that is just, it's, it's nut-busting, you know? I mean, <laughs> yeah. it screams... Everything that we loved about Ace Frehley and uh, Rip It Out was uh, a breakup song, mm. you know, uh, Rip It Out, You Broke My Heart. You know, it's a, a, a Brooklyn guy, one of the biggest rock stars in the world. And he still had that street edge. Yeah. You know, yeah. Uh, and I, it was just, I felt like his record was probably the most authentic of the four. That was the word I was going to use. There's yeah. no pretense. Um, but it really shows how important it is for Ace Freely to have a producer, mm-hmm. you know. And uh, you know, Eddie Kramer uh, co-produced it with Ace, although mm-hmm. I think that's probably exaggerated. It's yeah. probably much more produced by Kramer than it is by Freely. Agree. Uh, so, given his credentials at the time, this is a guy who worked with the with the Stones and the Who and the Hendrix and produced the uh, kiss alive record i don't think it was any accident that the record was as authentic that it was as hard hitting and to come out of that that power sort of uh dysfunctional breakup song like rip it out and then to move into the next track which Mm -hmm. is my other skin vibrating moment from the ace freely record speeding back to my baby you know it's like okay we're both dysfunctional you know dealing with our stuff and we just had this breakup during rip it out 
but then speeding back to my baby says, yeah, it's all right. I love you anyway. And we're back together and makes for a little Sid and Nancy sort of commentary there when you mm-hmm. put, put those two songs back to back and the, 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 the backup vocals on speeding back to my baby. It was just such great melody, you yeah. know, uh, Anton Figg's drum work on that record is just uh, it, it's just blistering. And, and you put all that together with 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 great authentic lyrics, a great vocal delivery uh, uh, melodies that just stick with you 30 years later, still fresh. Yeah. So this for the record, this was my favorite solo album. I liked Wiped Out. I liked uh, I'm in Need of Love. Those are probably my first or my favorite two tracks from uh, from that album. All right, what else you got? Gene Simmons. Two of the solo records were offered huge surprises. Mm-hmm. The other two provided zero surprise. Right. Um, Gene Simmons was a, a, probably the biggest surprise. You know, I would have expected, you know, some sort of a, a Blackie Lawless wasp kind of you know this was the demon mm-hmm. gene simmons he's out banging share you know and yep. the, the blood and the fire his solo record it's gonna be you know like blackie lawless or, or whatever you mm-hmm. know and it's this uh i mean definitely it it rocks there's there's hard-hitting stuff on there but much of it is much more organic melodic singer-songwriter stuff mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, that points more towards, you know, Lennon and McCartney than it does, you know, whatever the, the hard rock flavor of the day was at yeah. that point. Simmons record revealed more about who he is, uh, you know, and, and his musical DNA than than the than the others. Right. You know, he, he had the balls to really stretch himself, you know, yeah. and it was an all star record. You know, Paul Stanley's record, you know, we had two or three guys with him on that. Yeah. Gene Simmons called in everybody on yeah. that one. Lou Reed. Yeah. Right. Lou Reed. You had Bob Seeger. You had Donna Summer. You had Janice Ian. Right. Janice Ian. Are you kidding me? Where yeah. did that one come from? Yeah. You know, yeah. Uh, nothing against Janice Ian. I love her music. Um, but it was just a real odd sort of eclectic group of artists who, who came together and, and contributed to this record yeah i Um, i actually like that you know his his uh i knew he was a big beatles fanatic so i mean and when they covered on alive two what was that tune i think it was the last one anyway you want it yeah um so you know it wasn't really a surprise to me at all i knew that it was going to be a very grandiose record i was a little bit surprised at that disney track at the end when you wish upon a star but other than that you know i i felt like it sounded like what I thought he wanted it to sound like, and the 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 rock tunes on there, I thought were were up there with with Frehley's content. He had uh, burning up with fever, uh, radioactive. The beginning is a bit weird. Uh, See you tonight was third, and uh, oh, tunnel of love. Tunnel so, of love. Yeah, fourth tune. So I what was. It, I wonder what he was talking about there. Gee, you know the thing about Simmons is that the lyrics are dumb, but I mean, right? You know the the music was right for the time. You know, at that time in 1978, it was a great vibe. The production was awesome. It was just a good, there were good rock tunes. You know, he overdoes it with all the libido bullshit. But, um, you know, I, I thought that side one of that record was up there with uh, Frehley's record. Yeah. 
But see, the thing is, stupid rock stars writing stupid songs in a stupid era mm-hmm. when they're 26, 27 is mm-hmm. pretty cool. Yeah. You know, yeah. it's when you continue that and now you're 71 <laughs> in a whole different era <laughs> still writing stupid songs. That's when you become, it, you know, it, it, it becomes gross. Yeah. Well, you know? th- that's a sign of somebody who just doesn't have any other tools in their kit, right? Yeah. 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 Which is also real shame because he shows, Gene Simmons shows in the solo record, the amazing arsenal of tools mm-hmm. that, that he has. Certainly. You know. Yeah. Uh, and then, you know, he did, uh, I don't know what, in 2006 or whatever, he did that other solo record. But the, the, the songs just weren't there. No, it was nonsense, really. Uh, so the, the Simmons record, it's eclectic. It just it just drips with 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 gorgeous uh, songwriting. Okay, what else you got, Peter Chris? Well, the the with with Gene though, we didn't talk about his song. Oh right, which did see you, you tonight? See you tonight, a Beatles rewrite, basically, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. I, I'm not sure exact. The, the the lyrics still are a, a little confusing to me maybe it's just because i'm i'm dopey i'm not sure you know is is he singing about a a a, a chick or you know his oldsmobile uh, but it's gorgeous whatever I, he's singing about i'm on board with him i think you know? S- simmons just kind of free associates right like if you think about deuce you know get up and get your grandma out of here i think he just kind of he works on phonetics almost and just whatever sounds good coming out yeah. of his mouth. He just kind of comes up with that and doesn't give that too much thought. Well, the see you tonight. He co-wrote with Sean Delaney mm-hmm. who really did not ever really get the credit that he deserved for playing such a vital active role in the kiss story. And so see you tonight. Uh, Simmons co-wrote with Sean Delaney. Um, and it's, Two minutes and twenty-eight seconds. Yeah, it's it's one of the the shortest tracks on the record, if not the shortest track. But he's just able to jam so much emotion, so much melodic beauty. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I think it's a good song. I like it. I've always liked it. What else you got? We got the Peter Chris album. <laughs> okay, so before you go on. This, the, the Peter Chris album, and I don't mind saying this for the world to hear, is bland and dull, and I think it has a very so what quality about it. I said, Are we still live? <laughs> it's a terrible. It's, it's just a terrible, uninspired record. I, I, you can't listen to that thing start to finish. You, you know, is, is this off the record? Or are we still on? We're still on. Okay. And to that, Brent Jensen. Yeah. I would like to say that the unfair maligning for the last 40 years of <laughs> yeah. the peter chris album yeah it hurts my heart i'm sorry to hear that peter chris's record <laughs> is as as paul stanley's is universally praised for being the most kiss like right the peter chris record is universally panned and i really think that that's unfair because for any even even for a stupid kiss fan like i was when i was 15 Mm -hmm. you know i always knew that peter chris was that guy he was the one thing that was not like the other uh i never thought that peter chris was uh some hardcore rock guy Mm -hmm. uh i just always had the impression 
that he was more came from more of a an R and B yeah. sort of background. Mm-hmm. And I think his record, for me anyway, his record was one of those that was not the surprise because it delivered completely what I expected. Right. It was not kiss like. I didn't expect it to be Kiss-like. Peter's record was uh, produced with with uh, Vinnie uh, Poncia, um, and it's just it's a, an R and B flavored pop record. Right. And I think that he could have had uh, a hit or two also, mm. but his was the one solo record where they released two singles, yeah. uh, but they were the wrong singles. You know. What were they? So, Tossing and turning. Um, no, they didn't. I don't think they released. I don't think it was tossing and turning. What was it that, that don't you let me down and uh, you matter to me? Mm. You know what they should have released, given that it was 1978, mm-hmm. you know, keeping it in context. Right. Uh, Rock Me Baby was the one that should have been released as a single. Mm. And if the promo department at Casablanca had been promoting records instead of snorting cocaine ad nauseum back then, right. you know, these records probably would have sold off all 5 million units and they probably would have all had successful uh, top 40 hit single. I think that whole record was a bad choice. I really do. I, I, you know, it's funny because the irony is that he probably has the best voice in Kiss in terms of, you know, just that rock and roll, you know, kind of rock singer voice. And um, I just thought that he could have done so much more with with what he had at his disposal. My my pick from that album was the very, was the opening track. I'm gonna love you. Mm. I think it's very authentic. It's got great horns in it. It's very soulful. Uh, I, I thought it was a great song. It was a great performance. Uh, I thought it was a great track, and that's that's my still my my go to track from his record. Well, that's musical democracy 101 for you right there, isn't it, Pally? There you go. All right, and that is the end of your song list. Yep, that was all six. You would only let me have six. You wouldn't give me all 39 or how many, whatever. How many would you have taken if I said you can list as many as you want? Well, this would have been a five-part episode. <laughs> you know? Would you have gone but through I w- each I song and dissected them all? I'd have been able to whittle those 39 to maybe 24. Really? <laughs> I just I love them, man. It's the, most, uh, it, it's the Desert Island Collection. Yeah. You know, I mean, what's our favorite album? What's really our favorite? It, it, it could be anything. You, you know, we, we grow up with music, you know, could be Candio, you know, it could be Todd Rundgren, you yeah. know, but just a snap decision. You put the gun to my head and you say, we're going to the desert island right now. You can take one record. My first question is, do the solo records constitute one set? And if so, that's what I'm taking for eternity. Mm. Good for you. The kiss. <laughs> no sarcasm there. No. Who's cooler, Paul Stanley or Todd Rundgren? Uh, Todd Rundgren, because he wrote "Hello, It's Me." Excellent. How's that? Oh, that's a great. That's I, a great I may answer. Be, I, I may be an overzealous Paul Stanley fan, but I'm no fool. <laughs> See that yeah. puts this entire conversation in context, doesn't it? Right there. Yeah. It yeah, really exactly. Todd Rundgren, when you write Hello, It's Me, yeah. you know, if if you're sitting at the rock and roll poker table, mm-hmm. you know, and you're 
uh, Don Felder sitting on one side and you can play the Hotel California card. Yep. And Todd Rundgren sitting across the table and he can play the Hello, It's Me card. Mm-hmm. Hello, It's Me wins every time. Wow. That's every a bold time. statement. It's, it's, the, it's the greatest song ever written. Wow. Another I think we talked statement. about this in the first, the first episode. That's why I asked you, know? you who is cooler. Yeah, yeah. Hel- Hello, It's Me, all-time greatest song ever written. It's a great song. I'll give you that. It's yeah. a great song. Yeah. Yeah. And then, you know, you, you, you follow that up with uh, I Saw the Light and Gotta Get You a Woman and, you know, anything from Hermit at Meek Hollow. And Todd Rundgren, all day, man. Yeah. Uh-huh. Now, the question is, Brent Jensen, yeah. if Todd Rundgren was in Kiss, mm-hmm. what would his makeup design be? <laughs> he wouldn't wear makeup. He would never be in Kiss, ever. Oh. Well, you're probably right. He knows better than that. He's Todd Rundgren. He didn't have to. That's right. Exactly. You would not see Todd Rundgren walking around with Ace Fraley's makeup on. Exactly. All right. I got to go. You got to go. I got to go. Do you know how busy I am? <laughs> how busy are you? I'm the pink chief, man. I'm the showbiz guru. I'm a very, very influential, busy man. I know that. We all know that about you. I got to go over to Impound and get my Pinto back. All right. Well, good luck with that, sir. Brent Jensen, thank you so much for your time. And keep up the good work, man. You've got a quality show. I am genuinely uh, a No Sleep Till Sudbury podcast fan. You are a very kind individual, sir. I appreciate that. Quality product, man. Thank you very much. You're welcome back anytime. Get to Florida, man. I will. I'll be down there soon. Don't worry. Gotta go for some coconut shrimp. All right. I'll bring O'Malley with me. Yeah, definitely. I love that guy. All right. Take good care. All right, this has been Brent Jensen and No Sleep Till Sudbury with my very special guest, Mr. Christopher Pink Chief Long. Till next time, take good care, folks. Brent Jensen is the best-selling author of No Sleep Till Sudbury, Leftover People, and All My Favorite People Are Broken. All titles available in stores and on Amazon Worldwide.